0: mm mm-hmm. You're listening to the Business with Purpose podcast with your host, Molly Stillman of StillBeingMolly.com. This podcast takes you behind the scenes with some of the world's most generous entrepreneurs, from the CEOs of mission-driven brands to directors of small community nonprofits and everything in between. Molly is sitting down with men and women who believe in changing the world, not only through their personal lives, but also their professional careers. And now, here's Molly. Molly. Welcome to the Business with Purpose podcast. I am your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com. And today I have a really, really special guest with me today, Suzette Munson from Love 41. Suzette, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. This is fun.
1: This is always fun for me and especially being able to explain what we do and we're all about today. I just want to say thank you to
0: you. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate you saying that. I have been looking forward to this interview for I mean, weeks now. Um, and I discovered if, if you were a reader of my blog, um, you know, I actually shared about love 41 a couple months back. Um, I recently discovered them actually over the summer. And when I started looking into their story and, uh, Suzette's heart behind this business, I was just, I was floored. Um, and I just, I, I, I see, so I feel like Suzette and I have so much in common. We both love <laughs> Africa. We both love the Lord. Like we both love just you know just sharing um, our heart for people. And so I I knew that I wanted to have her on the show. So Suzette, to kind of kick us off, um, what I want you to do is do what all my guests do, is share the Suzette. One hundred and one. So, tell me your story. You know, how did you get to where you are today? You know, where did you go to school? What did you study? You know, what are sort of the steps that led you to doing what you're doing today? And, guys, spoiler alert: living in an African tent. But she's not in <laughs> Africa right now. So we're gonna get to that. It's gonna be a good show. <laughs> uh, awesome. Thank you so
1: much. Yeah. Well, you know, I I'm the youngest of ten, and I grew 10? up. In Bless a, your parents. Yeah. I know, I know, <laughs> crazy parents. Um, I'm the youngest of 10, and I, I grew up learning to speak up and to voice my opinion. I mean, you had to be one of 10. But in addition to that, when I look back, you know, you kind of realize at some point in time, like how God created you, even as a young child, I could see some of the ways he was gifting me, but I didn't know till I was an adult. But looking back at my childhood, I'm like, wow. That kind of fits into what I'm doing today. It's amazing. So, you know, my parents always had the down and outers at our house. See, they had the outcasts, they had the addicts, they had the people coming out of jail and prison. They had the broken.
0: Me um, too. This is crazy. Really? Yeah, me t- yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, me my too. Gosh, I love
1: that. I love that. Yes. Because you know what? That that is heavily, heavily influenced um my life. I know it has and I think it has a, a lot to do with who I am today. And in addition to that, I, you know, have always stuck up for the the down and outers. And so from the from first grade through twelfth grade, I literally got into a fist fight every single year at school. Wow. So <laughs> I, uh, my husband always, is always like, don't say that so loud in front of our kids. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's like, to a... Turn the other cheek, you know, that whole thing. And so I can't necessarily say that I did it right, but I can say that my heart was really passionate about um, standing up for those that were, you know, the ones being picked on, bullied, all of those kinds of things. And, and it's, it, Every year, my parents would get a phone call, your daughter got into a fight, and my dad would always say, don't take the first punch, but finish it. And I never (laughs) took the first punch. I never did, ever. I just would say something to someone who was being bullied or something, and then they would get, you know, on me. So anyhow, that's a long story there, but what I'm trying to say is, I think that has heavily affected who I am today, and, and who, basically why I do what I do. I mean... Yes, youngest of 10, very compassionate about the down and outers. I'm, I will fight tooth and nail for someone who's hurting and very compassionate about those things. It's what Jesus did. I mean, that's what he was like. He was very compassionate and loving. He didn't fight every year like I did, but I'm just saying (laughs) he was very passionate and loving. And we um, own some leather companies. Saddleback leather is kind of like our father company. And out of, myself designing the women's products over at Saddleback Leather. Uh, that started first. And then out of that came a um, giving to this organization called African New Life in Rwanda, Africa. And they told us, you need to come on over. Well, we were planning this huge around-the-world trip. And so we headed to Rwanda, and it rocked my world. I mean, it wrecked me in a good way. And it totally <laughs> popped my American bu- my American bubble. I mean, it was just bursted. It just bursted. And so I basically came back and started having this dream and it just repeated itself for over two weeks. And I knew the Lord was telling me that I was supposed to do this, this love 41. And so that's how it all came about. I mean, we, um, I did not study interior design. I didn't study design, but looking back, I remember being the one that had the coolest bedroom and all of my friends going, who did this? You know, like this, it looked like this high end bedroom, but on a budget and everyone be like, who did this? And I just had a knack for that. I would dress my friends, you know, style people. People would fly me around the country, even though I was doing accounting work, they'd fly me around the country to do interior work. So all of these natural giftings have really kind of brought me to where I am today with Love 41.
0: Wow. Wow. Well, there's so many things I want to talk about first, but I, I want to kind of go back to the beginning because I just, I think that tells so much about, I think people's childhoods really, there's all those studies that are done on like how your childhood affects your, you, know, what you do in adulthood sure. and yada, yada, yada. But you know, like what you were saying where you grew up in a home where you welcomed the down and outers, um, and that i mean that's something my my parents did as well um you know like i was saying to you is um my mom she was a she was a nurse in the vietnam war and uh my my parents actually you know when they met they were kind of on the other side of being down and out and so mm. my mom mm. just always had that heart of being the person who it didn't matter who you were where you came from you know she just didn't see she didn't see the exterior stuff about people and she just right. wanted, you know, my parents just wanted to love on people and serve people. And that is something that I, cause I <laughs> spoiler alert to everybody else. I was bullied as a kid. <laughs> and so <laughs> I think, um, but i i just didn't have any like preconceived notions about people i just didn't see i didn't see the exterior stuff about people because that was what my that was what my parents instilled in me and so that's what in a lot of ways led me to to grow up and do what i'm doing now where i just i i i love serving people i love um you know doing whatever i can to also instill that in my own children um, so, you know, what are some of the most important lessons that your parents, or I guess maybe your family, uh, sort of taught you as a kid that you sort of take into what you do today and, and into what you started with love 41, if that kind of makes sense.
1: Well, you know, I, I had mentioned the, the most important thing, which really I know has made an enormous impact on who I am today and my my love for all people. I mean, yeah. it is true. I really do. And I also think that my dad, he had this amazing spirit about him. He never knew a stranger, he yeah. never complained. He. Uh, I remember one time I was in a little Thunderbender, but it was brand new, my dad's brand new car. And, you know, here I am, 16, 17 years old, and got to this Thunderbender. And I didn't do it once, I did it like three times. Okay. Oh. <laughs> And I believe, and looking back at that, his reaction every single time that I would call and say, dad, I got into a car accident. He, I would, he would say to me, how are you? Are you okay? And I'd say, my dad, I'm so sorry. I, I, you know, I would say something about the car and he would say every time he would say, it's just a car, honey. It's just a car. Yeah. How are you? Are you okay? Don't worry about the car. And maybe he was too lenient on me. I don't know. But I believe that that principle has stuck with me for forever.
0: Yeah, it's about people.
1: People and possessions, you know, if something happens to something of mine, I'm like, it's just a possession. So what? Who cares? Yeah. People are far more important. It's not about the stuff. It's about our relationships. And we've got too short a time on this earth to not make it about relationships, to not make it about people. Right. So I think both of those things have been highly influential in my life and carried over, not over into my, just my life, but now into my children's lives Yeah. as well. Yeah.
0: So for the people that don't know a lot about Love 41, um, and you talked a little bit about how um, – Saddleback Leather is sort of the father company of Love 41. Love 41 makes just absolutely gorgeous, stunning uh, leather jewelry and, and accessories and bags, things like that. Um, but there's there's a whole lot more to Love 41, yeah. and that's the yeah. people behind the brand. And so can you talk about the artisans? Tell me a little bit about the artisans and the people behind the brand. Wow. <laughs>
1: That is a loaded question. I know.
0: I think when people ask me,
1: tell me a story, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I literally have probably like 400.
0: I know. Which
1: ones do I choose? Yeah. And how, you know, but you're right. I think we are a leather company. We make high, high quality leather goods, primarily women's bags, purses, backpacks, you know, mm. duffels, things like that, wallets. We have jewelry as well. And it's all designed by myself. Yeah. And we make them in Mexico, we own our own factory in Mexico and the people there are amazing. They are artisans. They are, they've been doing it since they were young. Their parents and grandparents and, and, you know, it's this longevity of art and we are blessed to have these people taking what's in my head and creating it and making mm. it come to life. But that has shifted we used to have products being made all over the world and now we've shifted it to our own people where we can really pour into these people like every month every single month we go down and we spend time with these people we minister to them this is a area that it's 1.8 million people in the city of leon guanajuato mexico it's in the center of the country and 1.8 million less than 8,000 people have a relationship with Jesus Christ
0: wow. as
1: their personal Savior. Less than 8,000 people. It is it is the least proselytized area in all of the Americas, is what most people say. And I believe that has to be true. So we've got this factory where we're loving on people, and we just say we don't care about if you're you know, Baptist or if you're Catholic or if you're non-denominational. That's not the point. We're here— to talk about a relationship. What does a relationship look like? And we're here to talk about the Bible. And we have seen so many people change. We have had, we have about 240 employees down there and 104 over, just over a year ago, came to a relationship with Jesus Christ, 104. That
0: is amazing.
1: It's incredible. We offer free daycare. For our employees, and it is an exceptional daycare. It is incredibly rare. Um, in fact, uh, you know, I've asked everybody: have, Do you know of anybody in the city doing this? This is a city of leather and shoes. It's a capital, like a shoe capital, and they're like, no. So, I mean, we reach out to our people through English classes, after-school classes. The free daycare, marriage counseling, marriage, love and respect is a big deal for us. Yeah. So we do, yeah, there's so much, but it's all about our people. It's all about first, it's about loving them, showing them what a real relationship with Jesus looks like. And that's through acts of compassion. That's showing people that you love them, care about them. Yeah. You know, Jesus roamed this earth and what did he do? Yes, he shared the message. But he also healed, he fed, he touched, he loved, he had compassion, and that's what we're emulating we're tr- We're not perfect, we're not Jesus, but we're trying to emulate Christ and his life on this earth.
0: That is just amazing, and you know, like you were saying, just by doing by offering something as simple that we so take for granted something like a job and childcare. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about how I mean, you know, the cost of childcare in this country aside, I mean, the access to a job and somebody to take care of your child is so important because and and, and just on top of that, treating people with dignity respect, Mm -hmm. honor, um, that, that can mean a world of difference for somebody because that's, you know, you know, in a lot of, in a lot of places in the world, that's not something that is the norm.
1: That's right. And it's definitely not the norm in Mexico. You know, these people, and let me tell you a story real quick. We had a guy come into the office. was sitting in front of my husband. I wasn't there during that time. I was out on the floor. He came up to my husband and said, can I talk to you? And he was one of our stitchers. He he sews for us. And he came up and he said, a year ago when you purchased this company and you said, you know, we're 100% owners here and, and you're going to be seeing some big changes around here. And you said, your wife said, in one year you will see a free daycare. He said, I held on to that a string because I thought first of all why would you do that because I've been working in this town for 17 years doing this and I've never heard anything like that so I thought maybe you might be lying and he said and here I am a year later and then my my husband said he started crying he says I have to tell you my story he said I have three children and every Friday night I go pick up my children from my mother-in-law's house outside the city. And then I return them Sunday evening. I do not have the ability to pay for childcare for our three children. So they don't live with us. And he said, do you know what that feels like as a father? And he was weeping. He says, do you have any idea what that feels like to not be able to provide for your kids, not to not to raise your own children. And he said, and because of your daycare, I now have my kids back. That's the stuff we get over and over again. It's powerful. It's powerful to show people that you care and love them and their families. It draws them into asking why, and then opens a door to share the gospel.
0: That's what it does. Yeah. Suzette, wow, that is, I, yeah, I, I have, I have no words. <laughs> I'm at a loss for words. That's just, that's incredible.
1: Yeah, it is. I have a hard time telling that story with not crying, so I'm glad I didn't. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed because I'm over here, like, like okay,
0: okay, nobody can see me, so I can, yeah. uh, I can, I can dab the, uh, dab the tears, <laughs> cutting onions. Somebody's cutting onions in this studio. Yeah. <laughs> wow, wow. Right. So talk yeah. some more about the work that you do in Africa. And and uh, I mentioned at the beginning how you live in an African tent, but not in Africa. <laughs> We need to we need to talk about that because everybody's sitting on the edge of their seat. I just know I can picture it. Everybody (laughs) is sitting there like, she said she lives in an African tent. I need to know. Um, Yeah. yeah, So talk about more about the um, the communities that you work with in Africa, and uh, and 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 again, how you came to live in an African tent. Well,
1: we've we do a lot of work over in Rwanda specifically. Yeah. It is our focus when we go to Africa. We do work heavily in Rwanda. And for those of you who don't know, you know, twenty years ago was that massive, horrific genocide that killed almost a million people in ninety days.
0: Yeah. And if you if you haven't that, seen the movie Hotel Rwanda, when I when I used to be a high school teacher, I always showed my kid that my kids that movie, um which is a tough movie, but um but my kids, it. I mean, it, you know, obviously it's very Hollywoodized in a lot of ways, but it's also it's very powerful, uh, just kind of, you know, snippet of what happened there.
1: Yes, very, very, very powerful. And because of that, there's still effects of that. Now, the country is changing drastically, but you still have a lot of people who have been affected by that, including a lot of my own children. So we have children who are Rwandan. They are older children. They are adults now, most of them. And we have chosen not to bring them to America, although a couple have come, one has come to the U.S. and is studying right now, and another one is in Mexico studying. But primarily we like to keep them there, and the reason for that is because we want to grow up strong, godly, influential bright men in their own country and we want them to be exceptional in their own country because I tell them all the time there are so many leaders in America and there are so many well educated people but in Rwanda there're not a lot there's the education that is still suffering and if you want a really good education often you have to go outside of the country for that it's still struggling in that area and so we have poured into our kids who are all boys. God has is, God is called young men into our lives. And they're growing up into these exceptionally unique young men. I mean, it's unbelievable. And a lot of these kids, they're, you know, they were orphaned. And when I met them, they were the kids, you know, eating out of the dump and living on the streets. You know, that's how I found many of them were in, a food program yeah. and I was helping to feed and we often take groups with us. So if any of you guys are interested, what we do is we take groups of people to Rwanda with us. It's it's basically a, a missions trip is what it is. Yeah, We take people with us. We've taken probably close to 400 people since 2010 and we expose them. We expose them to this organization and what we are all about and, a big part of that is child sponsorship. So we've gotten about 400 kids sponsored through African New Life Ministries. It's $39 a month. It, it allows a child to be educated because school is not free in Africa. You probably know that in Kenya because yeah. you've been to Kenya. School is not free. And these are people that primarily are very poor, so their kids are never going to go to school. They're not going to be able to afford it. But we give them school uniform, school materials, school shoes, and pay for the school fees and basic medical insurance for $39 a month.
0: Yeah.
1: And so we have a big part in that too, and we take people over to meet their child. We're like, this is not a child on your refrigerator. You're going to go into this child's house. Yeah. Or you're going to go into this child's, wherever it is the child is living. Sometimes they're orphans, so you're going to the boarding school or whatever. So we do a lot of connecting in that kind of way, too. But we also opened a daycare over there. Uh, Love 41 did a fundraiser about oh, three or four years ago. And within two weeks, we we raised over $65,000 Wow! Year, and we opened up a daycare for the women who, a lot of them are HIV positive, former prostitutes, orphans themselves, just a lot of hurt and broken women. Who, yeah have never been educated or have a trade and we take them in and we teach them either like beauty school or sewing. But we were seeing that they were bringing their children sometimes or their babies to class. And again, kind of like that guy, he, he didn't have a way to pay anybody, but was trying to get ahead. Yeah. You know, so here they are bringing their kids. And we thought this, this isn't going to work. One lady even admitted that she, uh, takes the, she lives in a mud hut kind of thing and she would take a padlock and she would lock him in and we were like okay this has something has to happen here yeah so we opened a daycare there and it's still thriving these kids are coming in malnourished you know 18 month old kids who can't even crawl or sit up and and within like four months these kids look entirely different and they're walking yeah I mean it's nuts it's nuts and so there are so many tentacles that we are involved with. We're involved with the women's programs, the sewing, the beauty school, the daycare. We're involved with the schools there um, by helping children get sponsored and putting them in, in these schools that are faith-based, and they're learning about a relationship with Jesus. We take people over there. We expose them to this ministry and show them, really, what we try to do is break their American little bubble like mine was, you yeah. know, and show them that most of the world is not america most of the world two thirds of the world they don't have water flushing toilet shower you know electricity that's two thirds of the world mm-hmm. you know so it's it's there are many different tentacles we do over there that that's the majority of them And a lot has to do with relationship building. We have a huge presence there. We've also, one year ago, we opened up a church in the slums of Kigali, Rwanda. And it's been, wow. This pastor is a close friend of ours. He's leading it. He went to Bible school and he's leading it. He's got a heart for the down and outers. And I got to go in at least half of these people's homes when we opened up and their stories just, Rocked me, you know. It's just hard to talk about. But these people are being radically transformed, and every week he's telling me about new, new life changes and baptisms and, and conversions and all kinds of amazing things that these people are are doing and going through. So we go every time I go over there. I we do some sort of a program or help them out or take supplies to the church as well and go visit in these homes of these people who are very desperate and we, sh- we pray with them, we take them a month's worth of food and we minister to them. And a lot of what we do is relationship building. It goes really far to just sit down with somebody in their home and love on them.
0: Yes. I mean, that's one of the things that was so powerful to me and ministered to me in a lot of ways when I went to Kenya the first time and even the second time is just, um, because uh, we sponsor a, f- a few children um, in Kenya, and the village that we sponsor in, one of the big components is they, you know, they want you to go and have tea, <laughs> have some um, yeah. chai tea and s- some chapati in their home, and, mm-hmm. um, and and the thing that is amazing to me in the developing world is how like when 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 somebody in the developing world you know they they get a job or they earn an income you know after sort of their initial you know basic 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 needs are met the first thing that they buy is a chair mm-hmm. and and that's because they want to elevate the worth of their guests that's right because when they have somebody over at their home they want they want to elevate their guests and that is just that's so powerful um and yeah. that that time that you can um, spend with somebody in their home is just, it's amazing. And, you know, and whether or not their home is made of mud <laughs> or whether or not, right. its you know, even here. And that's, that's something that's important to me. Like we were talking about earlier, where you knew just, when you welcome somebody in your home, you just, you show them a piece of yourself Absolutely. and you show them, show them who you are. And so, yeah, getting to spend time with, with people in their homes, um, you know, like I said, whether it be in Africa or here is is so important. And, and just, it, yeah, it just it furthers a relationship, which is just, yeah, it's, oh, man, I could, oh, I could talk about it for hours. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. So when, what year, I, I guess I should have asked this earlier, what year did you start Love 41?
1: Well, my first trip to Africa was in 2010. And it was, Oh, 2011, when I started. We're coming up on our five-year anniversary uh, in November, early November, for Love 41. And we're going to have this big get-together bash, people who've been with us along the journey. And we're going to have music and food. And we're going to do it out here at the tents. We're going to do it out here in our property. And we told people, bring your tents. Just bring your tents, and you're going to hang out out here with us. And, you know, we're going to have food and music, and we'll have a party, and we're going to celebrate And we're going to have testimonies and videos and all kinds of good stuff. So that's coming up. We're almost five years old now.
0: That is amazing. Now, okay, so we did not talk about the fact that you live in a tent. So yeah. You said so when I when I first <laughs> called uh, Suzette just before we started recording, and she had said that she was like, you know, by the way, I live in a tent, so let me know. And when I was like, wait, are you are you in Africa? And she was like, oh no no no, no. we we sort of brought Africa to us. So talk to me about that.
1: <laughs> well, I first have to tell you a little story because it's true. There's, I hope you can hear me well, but it that we have canvas walls. That's how we live. We live in a tent, but. When we first moved up here, we were living in San Antonio, Texas. We we live in the Fort Worth area now in Texas. And we moved up here, and we started going to this new church. And it was like my first women's group, whatever, and I just moved up here. And it said, you know, name and address, and I wrote down the address as um, homeless. And I put, LOL, just kidding. Um, But our tents weren't set up yet. You know, we were kind of like in between staying at my in-laws' house kind of a thing. And, um, oh boy, I stirred up a hornet's nuts because, you know, I, they took it literally and they went, oh, and I think, see, someone's going to be making some good noise here in the tent. But, and they took it literally and it was like, I had the pastor's wife coming to me and saying, Suzette, oh my gosh, all these ladies are saying, oh my gosh, they're, okay, see, this is what I told you. I literally live in, <laughs> Tent. I, I kid you not, folks. I mean, this is the See, real I, deal here. I love this it. I love nice it. This here. is the not real to, deal. Not to duty. This is the real deal. So uh, forgive me for that. But anyway, <laughs> um, we, um, so they were like, wow, they were like, she she's, you know, homeless, and this lady says she lives in tents, and I just have to tell you, if you've never been to Africa, if you've never been on safari, it is not like your camping tent it is not it is your typical very um typical safari african tent so
0: yeah they're pretty legit
1: they're legit i mean they're legit i do have running water i have hot water i have air conditioning units on the walls but it is canvas walls. so you know it's a little hard to keep cool and and heated but we manage we manage well we've worked our way around that and i just I love Africa so much. I just had to bring Africa to me. I mean, that's what we did. That's we brought amazing. Africa to ourselves, and it has been the funnest. <laughs> we have no TVs. We, um, you know, we are out on a good, some land away from everybody. We, it is. My kids are thriving here. They absolutely love it, and it's been one of probably the funnest decisions and the most enjoyable and rewarding that we've ever done in our life. Because that's so cool. Think about it everybody wants to see them, right? Yeah. It's, you know, people want to experience that. Like, what are you talking about? We want to see this. And it opens up the doors to so many relationships and ministries that would have never happened if we didn't have these tents. So it's super cool. And we have outdoor shower. I mean, it girl, it is, I'll just send you some pictures, but, or maybe you can post them somewhere, but it is, Blast. well so it on on the
0: love 41 website there's a video that shares your story where you and tina are talking yeah. are those the tents in the background they are you're right okay we so that on that video see so i okay so i was wondering yeah. see i thought you were in africa <laughs> I, know, I know it feels like it i mean
1: it feels like it yeah
0: and i love it i, I love, love it. it so yeah so if you go yeah. to the love 41 website I think you have to just click on the our story link right then and it 's love it 's l o v e four like as in the number four one dot org or no dot com dot com yep. dot com Yep.
1: love forty one the two numbers dot com dot com yep. Yep. And yeah then and our if, story
0: yeah and there's there's a video there so you can, you guys can go for your, see for yourselves um the the tents because it's
1: absolutely
0: it's pretty (laughs) awesome now do the tents have like do they have rooms
1: yeah so our first tent which I'm sitting in right now is it has a small living space it has our kids bedroom and they share a bedroom it's small and they do their homeschooling in there too and then our bedroom and a very mini kitchenette it has a small fridge it has some shelving and stuff and it has a bathroom and then we have an outdoor shower area, which is the coolest thing ever. It's probably the p- coolest part of this whole setup because we use it every single day. Our dogs, our kids, our kids are out in our pond. They get muddy, you know, ourselves. So it's fabulous. And then you walk about 50 feet down on, like, we're up set up off the ground on platforms and decking. You walk about 50 feet down to the next tent, and it's a living uh, office space and then kitchen and bathroom. And then you walk out of that tent. Fifty feet down is our guest tent, and that's got a bathroom, shower, and and bed, queen size bed, and and then we have another small tent for our washer, dryer, and storage.
0: That's <laughs> so our you have yeah, you have a tent for a washer and dryer and storage. That is awesome. <laughs> that's so cool.
1: <laughs> I tell people, please don't feel sorry for us. Because literally, some people really do feel sorry for us. And we're like, don't feel sorry for us. It is so, it is so fun. It's just amazing. I don't suffer. I have a stove in my refrigerator, a refrigerator. I mean, a stove in my kitchen, a refrigerator. You know, I'm not suffering. I'm not suffering. I love it.
0: How long have you been living in the tents?
1: <laughs> Over a year now. We're, I believe we're on our 13th month. That
0: is... We're on our 13th month. So cool. Yep. You should be on the show on hgtv you live in what (laughs) have you seen that show i will you don't have a tv so you haven't seen it (laughs) well there's a show on hgtv and i haven't seen it in a few years admittedly uh when i first when i had my first daughter the first i was recovering from a c-section and i literally didn't move from the couch for the first month after she was born and i watched so much hgtv (laughs) There was an episode that's like – or a show called You Live In What, and it's like all these people who live in really unique – things like old firehouses and African tents and stuff like that. Wow. Wow. My
1: goodness. Um, You definitely fit the bill.
0: (laughs) Now I want you to talk briefly about your family. So you had, you know, you've obviously your husband and your kids. So you've got your kids here and then you've got your kids in Africa. And um, so I'd I'd love to hear, um, tell me about your, your, your family and your kids.
1: Yeah, I have a 9-year-old daughter, and she's amazing. She makes her own candles and sponsors her own little girl in Rwanda, Africa.
0: Amazing. And
1: she fully takes care of that little girl in every kind of way. She's been amazing. She's been doing that since she was 3.
0: Wow. And then
1: I have a son who's also extremely compassionate. He's a very kind boy. He's 7, and he's been going since he was 13 months old to Rwanda, Africa, so they both feel very comfortable and at home there. They love their brothers to death. They absolutely love them. And I communicate with them almost every day, depending on the child. Like some children have I have them in many homes and then some are in boarding school. Some are off to university. Uh, One is now married and had his first child and she's in the U S now and he's working his way to get here too. So, um, the scenarios are, are very wide and deep and a lot of different scenarios and their backgrounds and how I met each and every one of them. The funny thing is, is that uh, people will say, well, how many kids do you have? And I can honestly tell you today, I don't know. And that's not because I can't count that high. It's because I purposely don't count because I found out years ago that one time someone asked and at the time, you know, I'd been counting, so let's say it was seven or whatever. And I said, oh, we have seven. And my husband goes, oh, we have how many? And I was like, and I noticed that for him it was like, wow, I didn't know. It was almost like, honey, you know, we make sure we're keeping this under control kind of thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, ooh, I, I'm i not going to say a number anymore because to him, he's he doesn't, I mean, he's like the worst with like accounting and numbers and all of that. So (laughs) if you don't say anything, he doesn't really care. So I've just learned not to count and we have well over 10 and I honestly don't know how far up over 10 because I don't count. Um, And uh, they're all different ages. Our youngest boy is now 11 years old and he is in a boarding school and he's amazing. He is the sweetest little boy and i communicate with him as much as i can he's actually the hardest one to communicate with because he is the youngest he is in a boarding school that you know you can't just communicate all the time yeah but his older brothers are in the same school and they inform me all the time of his needs how he's doing if he hurt himself if he's sick um and i communicate almost daily with all of them wow It's Either it's through phone, Skype, instant messenger, Facebook, you name it, that's how we do it. And uh, those that are old enough to start graduating, we, we first put them in Bible school. You know, we feel like that is incredibly important, that the foundation of their knowledge is rooted in the Word of God. So we do that first, and then from there, we tell them if you want to go on to do, you know, IT or, you know, business management, whatever, you, you know, you're free to do all of that. So that's, you know, where we're at with all of that. I mean, we have an extremely unique situation. Even the organization African life says, you know, you're the only ones that, that do it this way, you know, <laughs> yeah. but we do tend to do things differently. So yeah. we are intense. So, um, uh, but it's just been very successful and they've noticed that they're like, it's interesting because, when it comes to older kids and they're taken out of their country, they often don't do well, yeah, they struggle to to adapt it's a It's a really big struggle, and we've been called primarily to the older kids who it looks like their life is finished, yeah, and God has brought you know even eighteen year old young men and you know sixteen seventeen eighteen year old young men into our lives when it looked like their lives were over and became mom and dad to them,
0: yeah, yeah. I just think it's, I mean, you just, I think, embody what, um, I mean, you just embody a servant's heart, and I love, I love that, and I love that it's ingrained in literally everything you do from from your personal life to your professional life, you know, from uh, how you take care of your own family and how you live your own life all the way up to, you know, starting a business that is literally meant to impact lives from the people who make it, from the yep. proceeds, I mean, giving 100% of your profits away. Yep. I mean, that's – it's amazing. And, and more businesses need – I think the, if, if more businesses took on – and if more business owners followed suit and did, did something similar, I mean, think of the change that would happen in this world. Oh, I know. And the lives that would that be all impacted. Time. Yeah,
1: I do. I say that. I, I say the same thing, Molly. I say it all the time. I say, even if every person did something, I mean, not everybody can do the same level. Yeah. And, and for, for goodness sakes, I understand that not every company can give 100% of the profits. And the only reason we're able to do that, I'm able to do that, is because my income and my means come from Saddleback Leather. That's yeah. how I survive. That's how we pay our bills. Yeah. So I don't need the income that comes in for Love 41. The whole purpose was not to fill my pocket. It was to impact lives, change lives, educate, love, heal, you name it. That's what we do with Love 41. And so I understand that people can't, can't go to such an extreme as as we're able to, but everybody can do something. Like, everybody can do something, They can. Yes. I don't care who it is. You can, you can, you can. My own sons have learned that. and They've done a fine job of that. And I get compliments all the time from leadership over there in in Rwanda saying, I just saw your son, you know, Hassan. I just saw your your son Jean-Claude. I just saw your son Atanas. Oh, my gosh. And I get these compliments all the time from people just saying how exceptional they are. But they have been able to watch people. And watch us. I mean, they have seen it up front that this life is too dang short. Don't live it for yourself. Get up off your couch and do something about it. Yeah. Because you do not want to leave this life. And you're going to be accountable to God. You will be. You'll be in front of him. And he is going to, he will have, you will answer to him. And I refuse to get up there and go, oh my gosh, I wasted my life on the bigger house, the, the stuff the my own family it's just my family I'm really good with my own family my kids my kids my kids well you need to go outside of that not just your own family and kids They're, they need to be a priority but you need to extend beyond that and so I'm I just refuse to do that I, I I'm 44 years old I'll be 45 in a couple months I don't have a lot of time on this earth and I'm not wasting it I refuse
0: to yeah yeah. That's so powerful. Now quickly, I would love for you to tell me what was the, I mean, I've, I've read it on the website, but I would love for you to share with the listeners. What is the, where did the name love 41 come from?
1: Well, um, I had that dream after I got back from Rwanda that stuck with me for a couple of weeks and it was repetitive and I never had that before. And during that, that dream, the word love, a heart, red, all that would come and poof, and it would go away, and then the numbers one, four would float around. So I I made my first product out of a spoon, the end of a spoon, the round part. I had it bent in half and then stamped, and it said, I think at the time it said feed one or something like that. And I put it on a leather rope, like a leather necklace, and wore it my second trip back. And I was on this bus on my way out to refugee camp area. And this pastor from Austin, Texas, was also on the bus along with a bunch of women and men. And these women were looking at my necklace going, what is that? That is so cool looking. And then so I started sharing with them, you know, my vision and and how I felt like God was telling me to do this business. And that I really have been praying a lot about the name. And But I feel like I felt like it was really important that there was significance behind the name. And I said, and I keep having these words, love, and, and then they float away in a horror and then I see the, the numbers four and one, and you know, they they float away. And this pastor says, well, I wonder what Psalm 41 says. And I was like, oh, well, I wonder too. <laughs> I was like, okay. So he pulls out his phone and he, he, you know, looks it up and it says, for those who are generous to the poor, I will keep them from their sickbed. I will protect them from their enemy, and I will prosper them. And
0: that was like... There you have it.
1: Wow. It's after Psalm 41. Yep. That's what it is. And so for me, it has a double meaning. It's love for one, and then
0: it's after Psalm 41. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) Oh, Suzette. Oh man. I could talk to you probably all day. Uh, this was, this was (laughs) fantastic. Uh, for, uh, just as we wrap up here, um, for people who want to find out more about love 41, um, you know, to, to find out how they can shop and ultimately support, um, how they can find out more about your ministry and the work doing you're doing in Rwanda, uh, where, how can people connect with you online?
1: Well, two ways. You can definitely go to love41.com. Christmas is coming up. We have amazing products there. And we have all ranges of prices too, you know, something from almost every level. And then you can connect on Facebook. We're always posting stories and videos and, you know, what we're doing on Facebook. And you can find that at love41 as well on Facebook. And then you can contact me, Suzette, at love41.com. That's because if you ever want to go to Rwanda, if you want to sponsor a child, if you want to do some ministry, if you want to give in some sort of way, or you want to get further connected, then you can just contact me directly at Suzette at love41.com. And we're about, real quick, I almost forgot about this, but this is actually a really big deal. We're about to launch our home line. Oh, um, wow. Other goods, yeah. I mean, it's a big deal. It's coming out in November, right before Christmas. We're going to have some really beautiful amazing home products made out of leather coming just before Christmas time as well
0: that's amazing So will be looking out
1: for that as well and then there's a way to sign up for a newsletter which is really ideal you can go over to our Facebook page and it says sign up for newsletter or go over to love41.com and there is a link that says newsletter on there too
0: oh that's great Susan, thank you so much for taking time, again, to just to speak with me and to just share your story, share your heart uh, behind your business and and what you're doing. I think, um, I mean, you inspired me, and I know you're just going to inspire so many people who hear this podcast, and I just, I can't thank you enough.
1: Oh, thank you so much. This is so fun you are easy to talk to girl oh, and you're thank right. you We have a lot in common so but we'll thank have you. to talk after the show too cuz this was this was a pleasure and it was an honor to meet you. So oh, well, thank you so much. I appreciate
0: you. it. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Business with Purpose podcast. As always, uh, we thank you guys so much for listening and please uh, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and wherever you can subscribe to podcasts, you can find us. Um, be sure to leave a review and share with your friends because that's how we get the word out. So I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye.